I love this episode already because it's C-L-L-C, which while it's an initialism, it's also a synonym. A synonym for what? You, you know, that's that's when a word is spelled the same way forwards and backwards. That's an anonym, like the hand cannon. Oh, my bad. No, no, that's not. A... Then what's a synonym? Why put cinnamon in my hot chocolate? No, no. Why can't he put synonym in his hot chocolate? Guardians to the Crux Lamar Lorecast. I'm a non-pig, and with us this week, we have one of our other three fantastic hosts, Purple Chimera. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. We're also joined by Handsome Dragon and Mythos Mike and Spirit. How are you guys? The shit I get told to do, I swear. As well as a special guest, Kit Kutcha from the Massive Breakdowns podcast. How are you, man? Oh, I'm uh, I'm sick as heck and still having fun, so can't complain. Yeah, Mike was sick and he didn't come. This, what a uh, wuss! Yeah, I'm looking at you, Mike. But what a wuss! <laughs> <laughs> this week we'll be talking all about the two weapon builders, sort of, kind of a uh, manufacturer, but they do seem pretty solitary. Victor Lomar and Faisal Crux. So let's move on to our weekly highlights. Weekly highlights will vary with each episode. They can include community stories, fan fiction, gear and weapon text, grimoire, general hype, etc., 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 etc. Last week, uh, not on the show, actually on the show, before the show, I got complained about not having enough etc. So etc. are just all over this page, etc., etc., etc. Okay? Awesome. This week's weekly highlight is going to be all about our guests' podcast. Kit, why don't you tell us about where you guys, what you guys do there and what your goals as a podcast are? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as, as you mentioned, Anon, I'm Kit Kutcha with the Massive Breakdown podcast. And Massive Breakdown is the Destiny podcast that explains it all. Um, so it's myself, Mercules, and N.K. Cougar. Uh, we all met on Reddit. Uh, ages ago, and uh, basically took kind of a shared obsession for numbers, spreadsheet, and making decisions based on like data and facts, uh, and turned that into a weekly audio geek out session. So um, every week we uh, we get together and we just break down uh, the numbers, the perks, the game mechanics on some new part of Destiny that we haven't touched before. Sometimes we revisit things that we have but that have changed. Um, either for the better or for the worse. And uh, that's that's really what we're all about, just uh, digging into the uh, the raw numbers and, and functions of the game in order to help our fellow Guardians get the most out of uh, Destiny. That's uh, that's really cool. I, I, I listen to your podcast uh, every week. It's a really good podcast, so everyone should go check it out. Yes. And... One person likes it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I'm only the most important person, so That's it's true. pretty good. That's and true. Uh, before we get started, uh, why don't why don't you plug where everyone can find you on the internet? Yeah, so we are all up in your internets. Uh, you can find Destiny Massive Breakdowns on the following: uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, Podbean, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, we're quite vocal on Reddit, both individually and on our uh, our main Twitter account at DestinyMBP, and we're also all up on Reddit with all kinds of articles, posts, weapon reviews, and general massive breakdowns. Uh, if you search the word "massive breakdown," uh, you're gonna find like a billion things that Mercules has written, and awesome. <laughs> three things that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really compete, huh? <laughs> The man's a machine. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's uh, that's really awesome. Like I said, everyone should uh, definitely go check you guys out. And uh, let's let's move on to the show. Uh, we're going to start things off with the three weapons that the Crux Lamar manufacturer has made. Uh, Purple, why don't, why don't you get us started? Sure. Um, the Galarhorn. Ugh. 
Sorry. I still don't like the way it's pronounced. Anyway. Well, how is it supposed in... to be pronounced? I say Yallerhorn. Okay, well, that's, that's wrong. But that's clearly not how Bungie decided to pronounce it, even though that's how they spelled it. So, okay. so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a moment to sort of push an agenda of mine. So you're saying since Gallerhorn is a weapon in a game created by the company Bungie, Bungie gets to decide how it's pronounced. Yes. So in the case of, oh man, I don't know. Like if someone were to uh, create something called. God, I actually thought it'd be easier to find graphics. I mean, I was gonna say, I'm with you, Purple. It, it technically, I mean, if we're talking about a reference to the the mythical horn blown uh, during Ragnarok, then it is it is more like yellow horn, but with a Norse accent that I can't reproduce. So here's the thing, okay? Because this is a word that is made up by a group of people the for a fictional universe Kexen. that they made up. They can say it's pronounced however they want to say it's pronounced because they've made up literally everything. Mm -hmm. We have no proof that this word in-game is based on any languages in the game. Right? So... Yeah. If this was a word that someone was making up um, as a derivative of a word in English, we have pronunciation guidelines in English for how letters interact with each other to pronounce a word. So there are logical conclusions that you can draw. But we don't have that ability because we don't have the lexicon dictionaries of all the languages that they speak in the destiny universe. Mm. Well, uh, what I was looking for was what, uh, GIF stood for since the creator calls it graphics GIF. interface interface or interchange. Um, I think it's graphics inter interface either way. It's pronounced GIF because that's what the creator decided it was pronounced. But back to Destiny. Uh, one, one, the way I sort of see uh, Galahorn being made in the lore, like its name in the game, in the lore, is that uh, Faisal Crux looks at the, like, found something of a remnant of pre-Golden Age called Galahorn and not knowing this pre-Golden Age language, he looks at it and goes, Gellerhorn. Okay. Right, because if you don't are not familiar with Norse and Nordic languages, that yeah. would certainly be how most people in English would pronounce it. They would sound the G. We don't have a lot of silent Gs in English. Yeah, like pneumonia. Right. Except that's not a G, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's actually get to the curve. Anyway, so <laughs> if there's beauty in destruction, why not also in its delivery? <clears throat> the Gallarhorn shoulder-mounted rocket system was forged from the armor of guardians who fell at the Twilight Gap. Gifted to the survivors of that terrible battle, the Gallarhorn is seen as a symbol of honor and survival. Cool, cool. Now, uh, Kit, you had a little comment here. Uh, yeah, so that quote is from Faisal Crux, and I'm uh, I, maybe as just as part of my background as as an English major, and um, or maybe just that's why I became an English major. But I, I'm really interested in the uh, kind of the root of like where names come from and what they mean, mm -hmm. and whether that tells us anything about the game. And so Faisal Crux uh, does consist of two real names. Faisal, the way they have spelled. Uh, I, I'm not aware that that is actually a spelling used anywhere in the real world, but it is a uh, a common name in a number of languages. It's it's ultimately a cognate of Faisal, F-A-Y-S-A-L, which means a judge or arbiter in Arabic. Hmm. And then crux, of course, is just Latin for cross. So 
um, kind of has some uh, some potentially uh, religious connotations there, which um, are, are interesting in conjunction with uh, the the Gallerhorn, essentially, I guess. It, Pulling from all kinds of different parts of the world, right there. So I don't know how much that tells us or doesn't tell us, but mm-hmm. uh, it does. His his name essentially, you know, kind kind of comes across as like um, referring to like judgment and crucifixion, and then of of course, you know, Gallerhorn. If it's a cognate for the Norse term, which we can't prove, purple. Uh, <laughs> does refer to the yelling horn that is blown by the god Heimdall to summon the gods to battle at Ragnarok. So, lots yeah, of... So, uh, maybe maybe it's interesting. It's the, uh, like it says in the card, the Gallarhorn is seen as a symbol of honor and survival. Uh, Faisal is judging who's, like, worthy of bearing this, this yeah. figurative cross. Could be. That's actually an interesting way of looking at it, yeah. Okay. So then uh, let's move on to truth. Uh, truth is where you seek it. And that's, that comes from uh, Victor Lamar. Truth is a cutting-edge rocket launcher developed by Crux Lamar. Smart warheads calculate and understand the user's in- intent upon firing. There may have been a time when warfare in the solar system was dominated by lightning-quick AI weapons, and swarms of autonomous munitions. If so, that time has passed. The Traveler's Light has given rise to an age of heroes with undreamt power, but there is still a place for cleverly designed machines, and as the city's foundries reclaim the technical prowess of the Golden Age, our machines become more become cleverer still. And uh, so you have another thing on uh, Victor Lamar's name here. Yeah, um, so I, I did a little bit of research here, and Victor, of course, essentially just means victor or conqueror, mm-hmm. um, somebody who, who triumphs. Uh, it's extremely common in all kinds of European languages, so there's not really a, a clear source that we can draw there. Um, and then Lomar is actually a lot more difficult Um there are various possible root words um, around, like, lom being like a verb, um, but it could also be a Norwegian water bird, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. More likely, I think it maybe is drawing from uh, Scottish Gaelic, where it would it would mean something like meager, bare, leafless, nude, um, something to kind of indicate that it's maybe an empty victory, mm. is, what, is what his name's uh, telling us, so... Uh, that's uh, that's about all I could find out there, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is. All right, then uh, would you like to uh, read uh, Dragon's Breath for us? Yeah, so Dragon's Breath. Burn the world. Burn it all. From the labs of Faisal Crux and Victor Lomar comes another shoulder assault offering built to match the incendiary fury of a legendary beast or at least classic depictions of it. Carrying three rockets, each equipped with solar flare detonators, its power is believed to far outmatch those of the mythical flying monster. But we are still hoping for an actual showdown between the two. We'll put an end to that argument. Dragon's Breath has uh, gone through some changes, so solar flare detonators isn't exactly accurate anymore. It's more napalm. Yeah, it's it's... Awesomely more napalm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a lot of people tell me that they don't like Dragon's Breath. I called dibs because I did not have Gallarhorn or Truth for most of year one, and so Dragon's Breath was my go-to. You know, when we were going into raids and we needed to bring a rocket launcher, like this is what I brought. So, if it had tracking, it would. I think it would be really good. But without tracking, any rocket launcher just doesn't really cut it for pve i did have to learn to aim uh my rockets which God, that sounds like so much work it's not even total... aim it's just because like <laughs> it's like the bosses know they're like and rockets move six inches to the left and nothing will touch me like that's all it is and it's like it's it's so guaranteed so but uh you have some uh, notes on dragon's breath as well yeah, so I thought it was interesting. This is the one 
of these three rocket launchers that does not have a quote from one of the creators. Mm-hmm. And I found it really interesting. Burn the world, burn it all, really sounds a lot more like what we see on the various pieces of Ahamkara armor. Mm. And it's also interesting that that's the case because, of course, it's talking about a dragon. And as we all know, Ahamkara are dragons. Um, and so I'm, I'm really, you know, kind of along the lines of what it says there in the flavor text, I'm really hoping that we do get to fight an Ahamkara at some point in the next eight years. And <laughs> I can bring my dragon's breath to that fight. Because that would be pretty awesome. Something you guys probably don't know about me that maybe I'll share. I, uh, I run a, a small uh, clan called the Honest Worms, named for the uh, the worm god Yule. Because, of course, I, like all reasonable human beings, uh, know that the worm gods and the Ahamkara are the same species. <laughs> That's not a loaded mm. statement at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is not, not an episode. This is not an episode about the worms. This no, is not an episode about Ahamkara. Yeah, not necessarily, Focus. but I agree with what you're what you're trying to say. <laughs> Point being, I'm really deep into like ahamkara and that and that that kind of lore like that's that's one of the most interesting things about the game to me so that's another part of why i love dragon's breath and i'll i'll leave it at that yeah if you talk about ahamkara again down the road invite me back we already did i know i saw that and the worm gods we covered all their we can do we can do a reactive episode later (laughs) you never know i actually have that queued up i need to listen to it still so My clan is uh, the House of Pigs. <laughs> since, since we're just plugging our clans now. Mine's Turbo yeah. Electric Platypie. <laughs> oh, man. I'm the Kel of the House of Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. How many people are in your, your House of Pigs? I, I, uh, I don't even know. I think I'm the only one that actually uses the clan tag that still plays the game, but I have enough to actually get a clan tag, so I couldn't give a crap. Uh, <laughs> I'll turn I'll turn off the invite, so anyone listening, if you want to come uh, be a part of my house, like, you know, come flood my ranks and uh, be some captains, and, like, I'll kill you if you piss me off, because that's what a kill does. We're just, we're just like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gallerhorn Quest. Gallerhorn Quest. Gallerhorn Quest. Yes. What's this episode about again? I have no idea. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> we've, we've progressively as a podcast, we've just gotten like less and less focused with each episode, and I'm okay with that. I'm not. I'm never focused, so it just makes me feel right at home. Uh, purple. Okay. Since you're so eager to get started, why don't you get us back on track? A noble warrior requires a noble weapon. Prove yourself worthy of the Gallarhorn, and you will become part of its legend, Lord oh, Saladin. Uh, if if I can uh, really quickly, if anyone ever wants, this is the full Gallarhorn quest. It's technically two quests. Uh, one is like a step, and then you get the you get the next step. This is everything, even the little intro banners before you actually take the mission. Just uh. Hit, hit me up on Twitter. I'll get you a copy of all this, like, right now, if you ever need it. Okay. Await the call. Darkness still lurks in the Plaguelands. This battle must wait until the one against Siva is won. Lord Saladin. Patrol the Plaguelands. Picking up some odd readings in the Plaguelands. Sending your ghost to the details. Shiro 4. The tale of a weapon forged for a new Iron Lord. Well met, Guardian. What do you have? Do you know what this is? The Iron Lords once wore these wolf medallions into battle. This is a sign. Wolves also adorned the storied Gallarhorn missile launchers. These were weapons of great power, worthy of an Iron Lord. It is time you forged one of your own. Speak to Tyra Karn, and she will set you on your path. Awesome. Um... Kit, you have uh, something that you'd like to mention here? Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to just kind of add a note here. I always find the wolf symbolism in Destiny really interesting. Um, the whole, of course, the whole Destiny mythology is very, very much uh, 
full of references to North Norse mythology. Boy, I can't talk. Norse <laughs> mythology. <clears throat> um, but the interesting thing about that, of course, is that you know we identify with wolves as guardians, right? We're like the wolf pack, and and the strength of the wolf is the pack, and the strength of the pack is is the wolf, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but wolves actually fought on both sides of Ragnarok, and it's the ones who fought against the gods who are far more famous. Um, of course, Fenrir is the most famous, and, and we we have some references to him in the Rasputin grimoire, but um, it's actually also wolves who brought darkness in Ragnarok. Um, Fenrir's children, Skull the Mocking One and, and Hadi the Hating One, consumed the sun and the moon and brought darkness on the whole world. And so I just kind of find it kind of a... I don't, I don't know. It's just interesting how strongly the wolf mythology is, is tied to Guardians, and yet... Um, we've got these contrasting stories in in real world mythology. So, mm. yeah, it's 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 always really important to have uh, a strong separation between the real world mythology and destiny itself. Because while there's no doubt a lot of inspiration, there is a line where someone stopped taking inspiration. Like where it's just wolf mythology is cool, Norse mythology is cool doesn't have anything to do more than that when you're looking deeper into Ragnarok or maybe in some areas it does uh, there's there's theories that uh, Skull from Norse mythology inspired Skolas from the House of Wolves right so yeah that makes sense yeah um, I, it reminds me a lot of the theory every I won't say everyone that a lot of people had um, right when Destiny first came out about how guard there was a theory about guardians being evil because of the words that they use like warlock um is traditionally used um for an an evil spellcaster whereas wizard is normally what the hero spellcaster is called in fantasy lore and fantasy stories um so there was a, a a thought going around that like we were actually the bad guys um, and just, I don't know, it just made me think about that for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's how you know that, that hunters are the best class, right? Because titans are also, you know, typically portrayed as evil in, myth- in mythology, but it was actually a hunter that saved Little Red Riding Hood from the Big Bad Wolf, so just to bring it full circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Old English had the word, um, it's got a, it's got one of those weird AE symbols where it's like both letters combined. So Werloga, uh, which meant traitor, scoundrel, and monster, uh, that became later on warlock. So hmm. just to uh, explain where where awesome. that could also uh, come back from. Uh, but from what I know about warlock, it's actually uh, oh, what's what's the word uh, slur. Like a race, not a racial slur, but a a slur uh, against Wiccan people. Like it's it's an insult to call a Wiccan a warlock. Like it's it's their word type of thing. Like don't you don't call them that. It's really messed up to call them that. But well, yeah. And if you ever read fa- fantasy stories, um, if there is a spellcaster who is evil they are typically referred to as a warlock or one that's gone rogue yeah Yeah. whereas if there is a a spellcaster who is the hero he's called a wizard or a witch if it's a girl that's that's a really good point obviously warlocks aren't evil so you absolutely have to take uh take a step back take it with a grain of salt yeah yeah take it with a grain of salt i we're we're used to that here yeah that's uh (laughs) That's something that uh, you really got to be careful with with Destiny because it's really easy to slip and just let yourself go down um, this, this rabbit hole of like, look at all these things that are connecting and it's like they're really not connecting. You're just so deep in that you're not actually seeing where you're going anymore. Like how I mentioned uh, Skull being uh, inspiration for Skull Loss, which maybe it is. Skull being a wolf in Norse mythology Skolas being a member of the House of Wolves, like, and that's where I that's where I draw the line. It's this name, this uh, description, essentially, 
it works. We'll make it works. It fits the game nicely. I like the coincidence that it proposes. Other people say that the uh, Skull's brother or sister, uh, Haiti, means if Skolas is Skull, then Skolas has a brother. And we haven't seen Skolas's, and it's like that's where it's getting too far. It's it's very important to know where to draw the line to what's inspiration and what's not inspiration. But uh, let's 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 get back on uh, track. And I think uh, Kit had to step away. Are you still here? Yeah, yeah, step away. So then I'll take uh, I'll take this next section of the Gallahorn quest just to redirect everyone back on on track. Uh, talk to Saladin. The Gallahorn is a message. It is simple enough for even the foolish to understand. Lord Saladin. Talk to Tyra. You cannot separate the history of the Iron Lords and the history of this weapon. They are one and the same. Tyra Karn. It is time we let the past guide our future. Lord Saladin has asked me to help you forge a mighty weapon. A powerful new Gallahorn for a new generation of Iron Lord. The Gallahorn is a weapon steeped in tradition. To do it justice, seek a challenge at the site of the Iron Lord's last battle. Find more of the medallions worn by the Iron Lords, then return to me. Collect Iron Medallions. The site of the Iron Lords striding into battle is a faded memory. They lie dead and their foes even more so. Tyra Karn. Talk to Tyra. As guardians... As survivors of the last city, we must always seek a peace, but we must also appreciate beauty and destruction. Tyra Karn. <laughs> Every medallion represents an Iron Lord that fell in battle. You will bear wolf heads on your weapon as a testament to their sacrifice, a sign that the will of the Iron Lords may falter, but it will never break. I must ask you again to steep through the past. Travel to the tower along the wall known as Bannerfall. It is home to the workshop of Faisal Crux himself and should hold what we need next. And then a symbol of honor. There was a campaign to call it Lysander's Folly, but I don't want people to even remember his name, even remembering his name, Ikora Ray. So actually in, in uh, the mission, a symbol of honor, where we, we go onto the map Bannerfall, there are a couple interesting things. We first off, the fact that the workshop of Faisal Crux is actually in this map, like we've had it for a whole year, right? That came out in Taken King. Yeah, I think so. A whole year, and it's like, obviously they just worked it to be that, but I mean, it's still like to not know the Gallarhorn was made in this PvP map all along, but uh, that's just me nerding out a little bit there are two interesting things that we do learn from uh, dialogues in the mission though crux made the galahorn and or made the galahorn design and uh victor lamar made the truth design we already actually said that at the top but <laughs> and also they were working on another rocket called charlemagne a division or the a charlemagne division this is sort of like how the uh, the blue, excuse me, rockets that we used to get, the Baron uh, RS whatever. That's those are those are Crux Lamar. That's the Baron division, and whatever other random series of uh, rocket launches you can get. Just like Gallahorn and Truth, while they are exotic, while there's only that one variation of them, they are a division of rocket launchers. They were made and semi-mass produced. So Charlemagne being there, uh, Charlemagne was the like fabled Mars Warmind that was removed from the game, but not completely removed from the game. And his his name keeps popping up again and again, type of thing. So I'm really excited to see what's going to be a rocket launcher because I I refuse to believe that they didn't put that in there because they're going to bring in the Charlemagne rocket at some point i'm really excited to see what's a rocket launcher inspired by a war mind that would be really super awesome i'm sort of hoping it's the dubious volley and that it actually does come into the game 
because that would definitely be very Warmind-esque, where it's just like orbital death, just a series of rockets go out and just destroy everything. Yeah, that reminds me of the um, like Rasputin's first act after we what was it La- the last array mission? Is that when we? Yeah, after the last array, he got access to the entire solar system, and he was on a. That that one hunter who's always seen throughout the cards doing things for Cade is on Mars, and Rasputin was just flexing his fingers, but he just obliterated an entire like war field between the the Vex and Cabal. Yeah, that's it's, what it reminds me of. Like, yeah, <laughs> I hope we get a get a weapon that can do something like that. You know, that's that's actually uh, not that he knows, but uh, Rhino rip you a new one. Uh, the, from the game series uh, Ratchet and Clank, that's what the rocket used to do. Uh, I want to say in the third one, because every generation it was like the Rhino, the Rhino Two, the Rhino, um, and I'm pretty sure the third one, you would like target all your enemies, and you'd see like little symbols on the ground, like like how from uh, uh, Valis whatever from the Shield Brothers. You'd mm-hmm. see that little symbol on symbols all over the ground, and then just rockets would just start falling, and it's just so like orbital death. That's what this game needs. We need more like crazy what the fuck <laughs> weapons. I'd like to see a rocket launcher that drops a warsat. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. Pretty that sweet. Would, that would be pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah, let's let's do yes, that now. Please. Well, this this that that has worked out perfectly. Uh, so I will highlight uh, where we left off. Why don't you, why don't you get us uh, back into this uh, kit? Okay, so so you just okay, you just finished with that core array. I see. Yeah. Talk to Tyra. When the Iron Lord spoke, the wolf packs listened. So it was in the days before the Vanguard. Tyra Karn. It was a challenge worthy of such a historic weapon, and a great opportunity for study. Lord Saladin has given me leave to improve upon Crux's original design, for we have access to something he did not, Siva. You may have already found some caches scattered about the Cosmodrome. We will need a considerable number for what I have in mind. Go and return when you have what we need. I just want to say briefly before I I go on that... uh, the whole improve upon Crux's original design is just a bold-faced lie. It's just not true. <laughs> but that's assault for another day. Collect dormant Siva. This stuff has to be good for something, right? Shiro 4. Guardian Tyra has kept me appraised of your progress. You have stood worthy of the title these last few days. You have but one piece left to complete your weapon. The final piece, required to complete the Gallarhorn, sits amid crates of supplies, not in a storehouse or in the city, but on a battleground. Return to the Cosmodrome and finish what you have started. Talk to Saladin. Who will stand with me? Who will bear this weapon and honor the dead with every battle? Lord Saladin. So before before we finish up the quest, there's actually a, a few things that I'd like to talk about on this. Um, first off is that very last line from Saladin, who will stand with me? Uh, this, this, to me, is very similar to the line from the Lord Radagast card, where uh, Radagast is sick of how the warlords are doing what they are doing and uh <laughs> he he's asking to form the iron lords he's he's saying like w- like you know we need to be a team and his exact line is are you with me will you stand with me as iron lords and uh also from that card there's saladin says i trust only you radagast so I feel like that was sort of drawing back to Saladin's past where who will stand with me. He's sort of asking who will be the next group of Iron Lords. And I think that's a a great thing that uh, Bungie has 
put into the grimoire here or into the the quest steps here that would that would sort of be overlooked and just really deserves to be recognized uh, and also the last mission for the Gallahorn uh, sits amid a crate of supplies that takes us to the PvP map Skyshock and we fight Fallen as our ghost builds a Gallahorn and once it's completed we use it to destroy some Fallen Walkers now that's two PvP maps that are apparently closely related to the city in some way one is around the wall of the city but both of which were invaded by a massive group of fallen and we weren't even supposed to be there we didn't we didn't like know that they were coming and we were sent to stop them we were there just to get a freaking rocket launcher and we were lucky enough to be there because there was a war coming that we we essentially halted for the moment so you know actually sorry I was just thinking about that that's a really interesting point yeah you know you play through the missions and you're like oh look enemies because I'm doing a mission and there's yeah. gonna be enemies exactly but I, I didn't really think about the order of, of what of how it happened yeah it's not we gotta we got we've we've hurt we've gotten interference the fallen are are leading an attack and even if it was the fact that the fallen are leading an attack the last known actual fallen attack on the city was Twilight Gap and coincidentally while we're going to form the Gallahorn they're starting another attack like the, it, it sort of feels like they're they're probing they're like trying to see where are we weak and in the first mission on bannerfall they were trying to destroy the wall they were putting bombs down that we had to defuse like this wasn't just like like up oh, oh the fallen all oh, those pesky guys no like they meant business they were trying to like invade the city and yeah that was a pretty tough mission too at least uh trying to go through you know solo and and yeah just uh, shanks from all corners. It, w um, it was overwhelming. They they were not they For were sure. not half assing it. That was a serious attack. Yeah. So like actually, just the the literal number of enemies in that that mission alone, is it was like a, it was an overwhelming attack made by the fallen, and these weren't fallen, these weren't splicers. These were regular pure blood fallen, and uh, I think that's also very important. To know, I personally believe, uh, especially because and I won't get into it all the way, but read Fallen Four. Varric's, uh, <laughs> Varric's very clearly states his opinion on the Splicers. He thinks they're disgusting. He thinks they're wrong, and he wishes he was with his people because maybe if he was, he could have made a difference in how they just so easily accepted. Siva as their new god and I think that's going to cause a real divide where there's going to be the fallen purist and this the splicer fallen and they're not going to be the same they're not going to be fighting with each other they're going to be fighting against each other and I think the fallen that attacked us in Bannerfall in Skyshock they were seeing Siva and they weren't okay with it they were seeing it like an abomination and they were seeing it like, okay, well, we cannot, we cannot survive without the Traveler anymore. We have to get it. We cannot just sit around waiting. So that was sort of their their hail mary to have something to fight the Splicers, to keep to keep the Splicers from becoming the norm. If that's true, do you think that that's a way that we could end up? becoming allies with them yes absolutely that's that's exactly where i always go whenever anyone says like oh the fallen will never be our allies and i was like actually i think they will because the, be, because of siva until siva there was never a reason for them to become our ally it, it did not make sense like obviously varix varix is okay with it but varix is so one in the few they needed a a common enemy and the hive and the cabal and the vex are not a common enough enemy they needed to see themselves become the enemy and that's what they are seeing with siva 
at the at the very least that's what Varix is seeing with Siva. Varix would never kill or condone killing a fellow fallen. But I I do not believe at all that he would hesitate killing a splicer. Right, because he doesn't view them as yeah. as Elixney. He's the, yeah. He and that's actually something that he says in the card. It's such a great card. It's easily my favorite card because of that. Uh, he says he calls he says uh, like they fall they've fallen like they're not like he's given up it shows that he's given up hope on them yeah because he always says elixney he never says fallen yeah he's, he says then. he has to stop the fall he's he's making it very clear that like siva is tearing his his uh, people apart and internally with himself at least. He's predicting it himself that it's an abomination and it's it's awful and it's disgusting and I can't help but believe you know there's gonna be others like that because that's what it is it's 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 essentially like the birth of technology in a very religious race like people are gonna say that's not right that's wrong yeah for sure but uh. Let's uh, finish off this quest. Purple, why don't, why don't you finish this off? Okay. Beauty and delivery. The fallen will never understand. In the war for Earth, they have already lost. We have but to finish the slaughter. Lord Saladin. Beauty and destruction. This command is a commemoration. They deserve something dependable. These men and women did not survive the gap, so you could make art. Victor Lomar from a transcript of the Project Heimdall development log. Heimdall. Heimdall, sorry. Although. The re- <laughs> no. <laughs> you never know. Never know. <laughs> the refurbished Gallarhorn carried into battle by the newest Iron Lord is a melding of new and old. The time-tested Crux and Lomar design combined flawlessly with Shiro's modified Siva tech. The result a peerless weapon that embodies beauty in destruction and delivery. You stood against the fallen as a wolf, as an iron lord. You have followed in the footsteps of history and once again secured the future of the city. I can think of no one more deserving to carry the weapon you now bear. Use it well and remember the sacrifices that you and others have made to create it. And then talk to Saladin Quest. The wolf pack round was a statement, and it said all the Iron Lords would ever need to say on the battlefield. Crux. And uh, that that really uh, ends the direct grimoire lore behind the Crux Lamar foundry. Two guys and a baby. I don't know what they were exactly. <laughs> Two and a half wolf pack rounds. Yeah, two and a half wolf pack. <laughs> oh, man. That was funnier than I expected it to be. See, it's stuff like that that makes me wish that we didn't do, uh, like, Crux Lamar Lorecast, because I would really love uh, that to be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the subtitle. Yeah. Yeah. Make it make it the subtitle, or I'll make it the subtitle. Whoever posts it, make it the subtitle. When I was writing all these notes, something really stood out to me, and it was that it really seems like the Iron Lords were actually at Twilight Gap. Now the timeline, well, I know immediately people are going to be going, "No, the Iron Lords are not at Twilight Gap. They were dead before that." Nothing ever says that uh, the Replication Chamber happened before twilight gap but there's a lot here that suggests they were at twilight gap specifically because from the very first card galahorn galahorn shoulder rocket blah 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 forged from the armor of guardians who fell at twilight gap now specifically based on the actual design of galahorn and design of armor we see in the game it was designed off of the crest of alpha lupi armor from the Titan and the Hunters, uh, as well as the Apotheosis Veil, I want to say, uh, from the Warlocks, the one with the little feathers on the side. Uh, it has it has that style, 
and actual symbols uh, and wolf heads. <sighs> like, directly on it. So then, also, we get this this very, very interesting quest where uh, we have this one line. Well met, Guardian. What do you have? Do you know what this is? The Iron Lords once wore these wolf medallions into battle. This is a sign. Wolves also adorned the storied Galahorn missile launchers. These, wep- these were weapons of great power, power, worthy of an Iron Lord. It is time for you to forge your own. Now that's very vague and doesn't say, just because it says worthy of an Iron Lord doesn't mean that an Iron Lord ever used it. I completely understand that. But, two quest steps down, you get Talk to Tyra Karn. You cannot separate the history of the Iron Lords and the history of this weapon. They are one and the same. So, yeah. like, that's that, pretty definitive. That's very convincing. Yeah. yeah. And it, it doesn't even just stop there because then it has... It is a time we let the past guide our future. Lord Saladin asked me to help you forge a mighty weapon, a powerful new Galahorn for a new generation of Iron Lord. The Galahorn is a weapon steeped in tradition. Blah, 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 blah. So there's this, like, like pile on top of pile. And like I said, if anyone just wants to have these written in front of you, like, hit me up on Twitter. I'll copy, give you a doc. It's, it's, it's just... There's so many. Not so many. Those are pretty much it. Uh, but it's just... When it's written in front of you, like it is right now when I was writing these down, it just... Really... I couldn't I couldn't shake it. And uh, one last one. When the Iron Lord spoke, the wolf packs listened. So it was in the days before the Vanguard. Tyra Karn. So like that, like I know it's very poetic to say that, but like the wolf pack rounds a Galahorn, like that's. I'm not saying this is this is saying Galahorn. I'm saying this is what inspired Galahorn directly. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's that the Iron Lords inspired Galahorn, and that's why their histories are intertwined. But I can't exactly say because the timeline and destiny is so screwy. And they, I, yeah. I, I feel like they do it on purpose because they don't want to say this happened here and then after that this and then after that this because that can make the story – that means they have to be very, very, very careful with how they present new additions to the story. But if they leave everything open-ended, they can sort of like just shimmy something here and shimmy something there and just make it work with ease. And so – when I finished these these notes, I just started to think about it. I was like, why would they make it so, like, after all this time, why would they make it so leading to the conclusion that the Iron Lords were at Twilight Gap? Why is that so important? Why is it important for the Iron Lords to have been at Twilight Gap before, because when they went to the Replication Chamber, they died, to be at Twilight Gap before the Replication Chamber? And then it dawned on me. Twilight Gap was an event that hit the city hard. Just because we won doesn't mean that it wasn't a very devastating event. Shaxx, Lord Shaxx, uh, after the events of Twilight Gap, decided that he needed to stay in the tower and he needed to monitor the Crucible and make sure that Guardians were ready because there would be another war and they needed to be trained, they needed to be hardened. Lord Saladin also took over some point long after, not because of Twilight Gap, uh, but at some point after Twilight Gap, took up the Iron Banner. So, we know that Shaxx had the Crucible first, before the Iron Banner. How much time, we don't know exactly, but that's not really important. Uh, What is important is also the naming of Shaxx. He's Lord Shaxx. He's the only other Lord in the game, aside from Lord Saladin and now Lady Ephrodite. So, what if there? What if that's exactly why uh, Saladin is mad at Shax? Lord Shax was an Iron Lord who, after Twilight Gap, said, "Peace. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not sticking with you guys anymore. The city needs me." So that's why there's such tension between the two. While Shax, that would actually, yeah, that would that would really explain it because. 
they talk about like on on Lord. I pulled up Lord Saladin's Grimoire card mm-hmm. here, and it talks about how he what he led the city's defense during the Battle for Twilight Gap. Yep. And his protégés, Zavala and Shax, it says in this card, now lead the Tower's Vanguard and the Crucible, respectively. At the time, they did not. And I know in the Twilight Gap card, it says that Shax, after the battle, petitioned the Vanguard to establish the Crucible. So the Crucible wasn't even a thing. No, it was. Uh, a, lot of people, not... a lot of people think that, but it does not say that. I don't know why. Like, like, myself included, so many people think Shax created the Crucible, but he didn't. Or at least, there's evidence to say that he didn't, but nothing I mean, to say that he did. Well, what the card says is, following the battle, Lord Shax petitioned the Vanguard to set up the Crucible as a training ground for Guardians. I mean, I think that, I guess to me, that seems pretty straight up. Yeah, but to set up the Crucible, like the pre-existing thing, as a training ground for Guardians. Or to set up the Crucible as a new thing. Possibly. I, I guess, because it, it says but, here, one of the... Here, but well, what the I'm next, saying is, what I'm saying is that you're looking at one card, and like I've, because I've, like I've tried to really plot the timeline of Destiny, and one of the big things in Destiny's timeline is the Crucible. So, uh, Dragon Yor, we know Dragon Yor was in the Crucible. We know Ikora Ray was in the Crucible. We know Wai Ning was in the Crucible. We know Dragon Yor was killed by Shin Malfur, but we don't know when. We know Wai Ning was killed by Crota during the Great Disaster. So, the Crucible had to have existed before the Great Disaster. Uh, it's, it, it, it really, it really gets like crazy trying to take all these seemingly random bits and pieces and put them to show how they all establish a flowing timeline of events but it does suggest that the crucible was there before Shax took it up I'm not saying he didn't I'm just saying nothing explicitly says it there is things to refute it gotcha Yeah, I was just going to say the next line on that card is one of the first areas dedicated for use in the Crucible. So it's not the first, but one of the first was the Twilight Gap uh, arena. What card is this? This is Battle of Twilight Gap. Because uh, Captain Kex, a great friend of the show, has been saying that almost exact line, and he says he just hasn't been able to find it. Now, um, there's no card called Battle of Twilight Gap. Okay, so maybe I'm on Ishtar Collective, so maybe I'm... Oh, yeah, see, that's that's a purple summary. Oh, purple chimera confusing me. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to tell what's a Grimoire card and what's not on here. So you were reading... Uh... Yeah, were yep, you were okay. you reading were you reading the summary? Oh, I was. I totally was. A battle in recent history of the city, the greatest battle to ever take place there prior to the what second a, battle. What a loser. Cut everything I said. Okay. <laughs> cuz it's like I was saying, like that's exactly what he's been uh like going going nuts about. Uh, named for this, this is actually from the Twilight Gap card. Uh, named for the city's greatest battle, this defensive battery once held the front line against a combined might of fallen houses overrun during the course of the invasion. Many guardians lost their lives to hold the line. That the crucible now claims this hallowed ground is seen as a privilege, a rite of passage, as new generations of guardians stand and fight where where the brave fell. Heroes rose and legends were born. So uh, then there's also, just really quick if it's short, the Crucible introduction card. Uh, The Crucible is a series of grueling challenges that pit guardians against one another in open combat. Crucible Crucible combat is live fire with ghosts standing by to save the dead. 
Whether alone or in a fire team, guardians enter the crucible to hone vital survival skills, build their own reputations, and win patronage of city factions. Most importantly, the crucible allows guardians to train against formidable adversaries without fear of disaster. Uh, and also the little like quote line is, you want to live, you're going to have to prove it. Lord Shax, crucible handler and veteran of, Twilight, of the Twilight Gap. Uh... So, yeah, uh, back yeah. to back to as I was saying, uh, it might be that Lord Shax was an Iron Lord, and then after the events of Twilight Gap, he decided, no, I'm gonna stay here in the city and run the Crucible. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the Crucible mine, and uh, etc. And that's what spurned uh, Saladin. Now Saladin doesn't like him. Saladin and and Radagast and the Iron Lords are saying, okay, well, f- like, fuck you. We are going to go actually save the city. We're going to go get Siva. Like, we're going to go do this. And so it's, it's like, it's sort of Radiga- or Saladin's stubbornness that is because he hates uh, Shax right now. Because Shax was right. Shaq said, no, we need to stay here. We need to protect the Crucible. And Saladin and the rest said, no, we need to go get Siva. Siva's the yeah. answer. Siva's going to save us. And all Siva did was get everyone killed. So, uh, yeah, that's that's just like a theory that I had from writing these notes. And uh, anyone listening might uh, hear that purple isn't here right now uh also commenting uh i was gonna say telling me how wrong i am but she's not baxter so i don't know what she would actually say uh her baby started crying so she had to go be a mom which very very fair excuse but uh kit what do you, what do you think um yeah no I, I mean that makes a lot of sense to me i so one thing that that is interesting here is that we know that like the Iron Temple, um, no one has been there for like four hundred years. Not necessarily. Th- it's that the Iron te- that the ski lift to the Iron Temple hasn't been oh, used you're right. for four hundred years. Not specifically that the Iron Temple has been empty for four hundred. Fair, <laughs> they, fair. That's that's, that's Bungie's freaking like cryptic wording where it's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> they can just yeah, they- yeah. Trickiness, yeah. um, tricking me all over the place. Gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I guess so. It's been a long time since there's been any regular travel aside from Saladin going there with his ship. Since apparently he's just been doing that the whole time. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, the cutscene sort of implies that he has been back there at least once. Uh, yeah. Since, but yeah. But it, it does suggest to me that it's probably been, you know, quite some time anyway since there was any regular travel there. Oh, definitely. So I would assume, based on that assumption, making an ass out of me, mm-hmm. uh, as it has already, yeah. <laughs> that that's the whole SIVA incident probably took place around that, that you know, that length of time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um. And, you know, Twilight Gap being comparatively recent history still could have been 500 years ago, given that everybody lives for, you know, Lord knows how long. We know that regular humans in the Golden Age, life expectancy, what, tripled is what it said in the Grimoire? Yeah, uh, well, the uh, opening cinematic said uh, human lifespans triple. But, I mean, is that an exact, like, if we're to assume a human lifespan is 80 is that an exact now it's 240 or is it you know does it vary are there is that it's 240 like a cripple like they can't do anything is 200 still like you know if they're healthy they can run around like what what actually what actual age are they at the time of their length you know that's that that becomes the real question well, the whole the whole mechanic behind it too, I think, becomes a big question. Like, is it just that our our bodies were perfected by the light, and now everyone just lives longer? Is it like a something that's passed on to children? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that, that's a big question, of course. But um, 
we can also assume that some of it had to do with improved medical care thanks to traveler science magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I would think, based on you know the the sort of science fantasy world that Destiny takes place in, it's not unreasonable to assume that regular non-Guardian humans still live a lot longer than humans did. Well, yeah, or abs- humans do in the real world. Uh, absolutely. So, Tyra Karn is, I know she's awoken, but she is not a guardian, and she was there with the original Iron Lords, and she is still here now. So, let's say they, it is 400 years ago. She's 400 years old, and she's still very fine. Like, she's not, she's not, like, decrepit and in a bed sick, you know? Did, did you just call Tyra Karn fine? Well, that's why I had to correct myself. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I I mean, I think that's, you know, even though, say, Twilight Gap could have taken place 500 years ago, given that that might only be, like, one, two, maybe three generations, like, that is still recent history in terms of living memory, which is what, what really determines, I think, how we talk about history. You know, we think about things that happened in the 1800s, like, if I think about that, like, that's that's ancient history, that's before... Mm-hmm. My great-grandmother was born. That's prior to her birth. So that's that's beyond living memory, essentially, for me. And that makes it kind of intangible. But for these people, it's still very tangible, partly because the fallen are still knocking holes in the wall. And partly, <laughs> successfully, successfully knocking holes in the wall. Well, we stopped them. There, there is one big hole. We probably fixed it by now. Oh, yeah, that is true. Well, that's not um, that's not the city wall. That's the Cosmodrome wall. That's true. They, yeah. That that was their practice. Yeah, their practice. <laughs> Just to practice make sure wall. that they understood. Demolitions <laughs> blow things up. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Check. So, you know, I I think that's that's you know, people might think, oh, five hundred years ago is not recent history, yeah. or anywhere in that vicinity. But it is if everyone lives for two hundred some years. You've still got people. You know, you've still got Tyra Karn and, and people alive. And, of course, you've got immortal guardians running around who just, you know, never die unless their ghost gets shot by a shotgun, which is the only instance of a ghost ever getting killed that I'm aware of. Although I'm sure there are other ways to do it. But, uh, or drained by the hive, I suppose. Yeah. there's 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 a few ways. It's just never been... It's just the ghost needs to be destroyed or there needs to be some paracausal reason behind it. Yeah. Either either magic or Felwinter's lie. Um, so, I mean, there, there's all kinds of people still remembering these stories, which I think makes it much more recent. You know, if, when, when you live for a thousand years, 500 years ago isn't as long ago as it might be. So I don't think that you're necessarily I don't think that you're wrong. I don't think you're off base in by any means. I think that we need more information, but I think it's as good a theory as any for for why they would even risk everything, why they would fight Rasputin. Um The whole Rasputin storyline is a whole other tangent I don't even want to get involved in, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's good theory. Well, thank you. Then. That's what I'm thank you. trying to say five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that'll that'll uh, bring us to the end of this this episode. However, however long this episode ended up actually being, because everybody kept stepping away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kit, why don't why don't you tell everybody uh, one more time where they can find you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on the Destiny Massive Breakdowns podcast on any place that you can listen to a podcast. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podbean, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can also find me on Reddit and Twitter. Kit, that's K-Y-T underscore K-U-T-C-H-A, Kit Kutcha, uh, as well as on Twitter at Destiny MBP. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah, of course, man. Like we'll we'll definitely do this again too. Because this was this, this is, is this, this has is been great. a blast. Yeah, this this has been. Next time we'll have uh all our uh more of our hosts and less interruptions. There we go. <laughs> but uh, is that all you had to plug? I feel like you're missing one. Oh, whatever. I don't think uh, so. YouTube. Yeah. Oh, Destiny Massive Breakdowns on YouTube. Okay, yes. there you go. Uh, that's uh, just regular Destiny Massive Breakdowns? Nothing special? Yep. Okay. Nothing special. And, uh, just, now now yeah. that I have uh, my actual outro line, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lorecast. Until next week, you can find us on Twitter, at Destiny Lorecast. If you'd like to... Sh- oh, uh... Sorry, we'd love to hear from you. Please give us your thoughts and theories. If you'd like to help us grow, go leave us a, re- a review on iTunes. Uh, you can find us also now on the Destiny Tracker Podcast Network, along with this great podcast from this great guest, Kit Kutcha, the Destiny, Destiny Massive Breakdown Podcast, as well as the RNG Cast, the Destiny Down Under Podcast, the actual itself, Destiny Tracker Podcast, the Rabbit Hole Radio Podcast, and I feel like I'm forgetting one. But it's, I think that's all. Uh, it might be. I hope it is. It's been a long night. I choked on some grapes <laughs> while everyone was gone. You know, <laughs> stuff happened. I'm the only one still here. Mike is sick. You can find Mike at Mythos Mike on Twitter. Uh, Handsome Dragon, who uh, is now taking a more active role on our our uh, Destiny Lorecast Twitter with the Hey Did You Know tweets. We're going to be doing a Hey Did You Know every day. Uh, you can find him personally at Hands Handsome Dragon, but the O's are zeros on Twitter. Uh, Purple Chimera, you can find her at Purple Chimera on Twitter. You can find her reviews confusing everyone around, just like Kit, on the Ishtar-Collective.net. You can probably also find her on the commons, the Ishtar-Collective.net forums, as well as on the other DTR podcast, the Rabbit Hole Radio, and her own Ishtar Collective podcast. And I'm a non-pig, and I mean... I don't think you actually want to follow follow me on Twitter, so there's there's that. <sighs> I follow you. Yeah. A- am I am I am I a good person to follow? <laughs> I mean, as good as any. Yeah. I got a. Uh, Add color to my feed. There's 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 uh two girls from uh, Dunkin' Donuts that uh follow me. And they they t- they told me the other day they're like yeah we vote in your polls all the time and I was like why why do you actually follow me on Twitter and they're like I don't know because it bothers you and I'm like that's that's nice thanks and uh, so they actually have their group text it's uh my name because uh, in one tweet I call them DDGs Dunkin Donuts girls. And so they they were like my name DDGs, so like Charlie's Angels, but I'm just not gonna say my actual name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, did you plug okay. yourself? I think so. Okay. K Y T underscore K U T C H A literally everywhere. That awesome. that matters. K Y T underscore K U T C H A. Yep. Twitter, almost, Reddit, almost YouTube, PSN. Well, it's been a blast. I hope everyone listening uh, enjoyed listening to us, listening to you as much as uh, we've enjoyed having you. Uh, have a good one, Guardians. Peace out. Okay, let's stop this recording. <laughs>